Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. After years of steady growth in the high single digits, consumption of water in the U.S. has finally surpassed carbonated soft drinks to become the largest beverage category by volume in the United States, according to the Beverage Marketing Corporation. By the research and consulting firm's count, Americans drank 12.8 billion gallons of water in 2016, a 9% increase from the prior year that translates to about 39 gallons per capita consumption. This is just slightly more than the 38.5 gallons of carbonated soft drinks consumed on average in the same year. In terms of sales, bottled water rise to the top generated more than $15 billion in U.S. in 2015. That's a 6.4% increase from the prior year, according to research from Mintel. The market research firm says sales of bottled water will show no sign of slowing in the coming years, with a projected increase of 34.7% overall through 2020. A closer look at the sub-segments of the bottled water category show even stronger growth, with specialty waters, which the Specialty Foods Association says grew 75% between 2014 and 2016. These waters, which include sparkling, mineral, and functional waters, will continue to grow at this rate through 2020, according to Mintel. With numbers like these, it's no wonder new players are flocking to the category, creating a tough competitive landscape that requires companies to offer more than just basic hydration. Mintel recommends newcomers to the category cut through the competition by catering to consumers' evolving demands for premiumization, functionality, and even natural and organic options. To find out more about these sub-trends and what it takes to make it in the crowded bottled water segment, I caught up with companies in each of these three segments at the Summer Fancy Food Show in New York City earlier this week. Starting off with premium waters, According to Mintel, more than half of consumers want premium bottled water, and while they are willing to pay more for it, they also want to know what makes it so special. At $15 a bottle, Tanzimajaya prehistoric water is squarely in the premium category, but the owner Rebecca Rufer says there are two good reasons that justify the product's higher price tag. The two things that I would say are really unique about this, one is the water itself, the fact that it's been isolated for these millions of years means it's never been exposed to pesticides, no other humans ever consumed this water, etc., etc. So it hasn't been through the evaporative cycle for at least 100,000 centuries and probably longer. It's probably closer to 18 million or so. Um, you were conservative by saying 10 million. So it's just been isolated and preserved and not contaminated by man. Um, the water itself has a pH 8.2 to 8.4, um, so it's a little alkaline, which is considered to be healthier. We don't add anything. The minerals that are in it are naturally occurring, primarily calcium and magnesium. So in general, it's a healthy water. The other thing that I think is especially appealing about this product is that it's helping to support other initiatives in Africa. We have a plant that produces this in Tanzania. We have another plant that produces clean well water, and we run it through a filtration system, so it's just like what you would get over there in the cooler. 20-liter jugs, clean water, and that's sold for a really affordable price. So that plant is now self-sustaining because what they make on those bottles pays for their salaries, but they also turn on the pipes outside the wall 
myself twice a day and give away 12,000 liters of water for free. The export product helps underwrite those efforts. So as this product makes money, we'll be seeding more of these plants. Because it's jobs, it's not a nonprofit, it's self-sustaining. You know, if the pump breaks, they fix it. They do something because it's their job and they want the job. But they also realize they're people who will never even be able to afford the pennies per liter that they're charging, and they need clean water, and their babies shouldn't be getting cholera. So I think that's the other cool thing is that we're supporting a really great cause by enjoying a wonderful bottle of water. The value of water is also reflected in its premium glass bottle with green and blue gradation, as the company's director of marketing, Martha Jo Reeder, explains. We wanted the bottle to reflect the uniqueness of the water itself um, and the fact that it it is a high-end water. So we're not trying to compete with any of the table waters or the the, the lower-priced water. So the bottle, the the positioning and the marketing of everything was done to show that it was different, exquisite, unique product. Taking a step back, Roofer compared the growing demand for premium water and consumers' willingness to pay higher prices to what is also happening in the craft beer industry. I think people are looking for something that is unique, but also healthy and good for them. Um, I mean, you look at the craft beer industry, you're going from the Budweiser's and now everything has to be craft beer. Water has always um, been a staple for us and, and something that's very important. But if you order, if you provide something that's even more unique, you're filling that niche. According to Reader, the growth also can be attributed to consumers' desire for new experiences. I think the trend for because the generation just below me, the 40 and under, the, the trend is they spend money on experiences, far more than on possessions. And this is an experience to say nobody else has ever consumed this water. I'm the first human to consume these molecules ever. I think the other thing I thought was just a U.S. phenomenon, but we found it was really strong in Dubai as well, is people want to feel like they're contributing, that they're helping. They love the underlying cause and the fact that they're helping kids in Africa. We have such an affluent lifestyle here, and the world has shrunk so much that we know what the lifestyle is like other places. And so in the U.S. especially, we're good at feeling guilty, and I think this helps to assuage some of that because you feel like I'm actually doing a good thing by spending this much on this water. Some of this money is going to help this little kid not get sick. Even more popular than premium water is water that's imbued with functional benefits, according to Mintel, which found 83% of shoppers want water that offers functional and nutritional benefits. Industry newcomer SD Watersbotten straddles the line between these two trends by offering premium herbal mineral waters that company founder Denise Shamro says are, quote, endowed for the rarefied palate, end quote. The concept is uh, to fill a, a niche that, that is empty. Nobody's doing anything for, um, say you go out for a drink, you're with friends, and you know you want to relax, you want to change your mood a little bit, but you really don't want alcohol, but you know you want something, and you want a drink that's going to satisfy the palate. I'm sorry, it's accustomed to drinking alcohol, right? So you want something a little more complex and interesting, right? So this was developed to fill that niche. You can uh, have this, it's alcohol-free, no alcohol, it's not habit-forming, 
it's sugar-free, no calories, you know, it's like do no harm, right? But it is going to give, be gently mood-enhancing. For example, the blue vervain is a relaxing herb, uh, so it's going to very gently relax you. Nothing is a jolt. It doesn't work like caffeine, right? Rhodiola rosea is going to have the opposite effect. It's going to gently bring you up. And Angelica is also in that category. This is a sweet herb. This is uh, nice as a dessert water, for example. So there are three different selections, and um, that's what they do. As Shamro mentioned, the line includes three options, Angelica, Blue Vervain, and Rhodiola rosea all of which come in 12-ounce multi-serve brown apothecary bottles that protect the contents and the herb's potency from the light. Shamro also explains that the water should be consumed much like a person would a fine wine. So in 2-4 to four ounce pours, that is slowly sipped and savored, not only for its complex flavor, but also its aroma, color, and those functional benefits that consumers are seeking. Turning now to organic, according to Mintel, almost a quarter of Americans want organic water, which wasn't an option up until the recent launch of Acerasi, a clean-tasting carbonated water that is filtered through sugar maple trees. The company's CEO, Adam North Lazar, explains the unique process of making Aceros, as well as the benefits it provides the earth and consumers, as the first USDA-certified organic water. Yeah, so Aserasi is the Latin for the sugar maple tree. Um, it's where our name comes from. So our water comes from the roots of the tree, and our name is the roots of the language. Um, so just a nice touch on the brand essence. But uh, what we stand for is, is preservation of groundwater resources by rethinking. We're, we're creating a paradigm shift in the consumption and thinking about consumption of natural resources. So if you look at plants as a source of living, as a living well, it, it naturally plants will consume lots of water and transpire that through their crown. In certain industries, a lot of water exists that comes from plants that we don't pay attention to because we think, oh look, we have all this water available. Um, and what it is, is essentially when you tap a maple tree or a birch tree or an ash tree or a walnut tree, about 22 different species of trees, you can extract lots of sugary saps that have a voluminous water uh, content to them. Now, it is, as I looked at the maple market, there's about a billion gallons being thrown away by maple producers every year. And that's across 23,000 farms. And so I said, wait a minute, what if we could align the maple industry around an opportunity that they didn't have before? So we created a benefit corporation that'll, that gives equity in a, in a, a company called Aserasi Farms to the maple farmers in exchange for their water ads. And it allows us to create a new commodity marketplace for organic water. Based on the company's growth in the past eight months, the premise for how the water is made as well as its unique properties are well aligned with consumers' desires. Starting next week, you'll see in about 150 ShopRite stores, Aserasi carried on the shelf. They'll carry us in the four-pack and the single-serve 12-ounce bottle. Um, we have uh, commitments from Shaw Star Markets. Uh, we're actively in conversations with Thomas, uh, who's give us the verbal that will carry us. Um, stop and Shop. The 300 and some stores of Stop and Shop will be carrying us in the near future, 90 days or so. We're in about 500 locations of food service right now and growing within in that space and independent uh, retailer. Um, this has all been happening over the last eight months. So... So we anticipate to be about 1,500 locations in the next three months, going from basically a few hundred, you know, retail, small specialty retailer stores. So we're, we're growing very, very quickly, and what we anticipate uh, with 
with a new distributor out of Los Angeles, um, with you know UNFI and Kehi carrying us now, uh, and the other foods here in New York, and a number of we have about twelve distributors. We're just growing like bad out of hell. Lazar hopes to continue building on this initial growth by also offering Asarasi as an ingredient for manufacturers that want to claim their product is 100% organic. We, we look, at, look at ourselves as a, an ingredient producer. Right? We have a beautiful base water that can be utilized in a lot of food and beverage. Um, we have uh, tens of millions of gallons under contract right now with maple producers all over the Northeast. We intend to be a quarter billion gallons under contract by the end of the year. Uh, our goal is to replace what is used as water in the organic uh, food industry. So if, if people are interested in trusting not just the source of their beverage, but also their food, we have a replacement for municipal water that all organic food and beverage companies use all. Not some, not one, all. As illustrated by each of these examples, there's still plenty of room for innovation and specialization in the water category, despite the crowded playing field and the crowded store shelves. With that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I want to thank you all for tuning in and hope you'll join me again next week for another episode. Until then, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week.